Oh, would you look at that? There's a new episode of the Black Cast on my phone, ready to play right now. Listening to Black Cast. I don't want to watch what's on the TV. iTunes app put on the BC. Podcasts on, no talking to me. Listening to Black Keep up on comics and movies Two phone ring, I answer hoodies I can't talk, call back if you please Listening to Blackcast You don't know what you are missing Damn fine show hosted by Christian He's just dope, no ass I'm kissing Listening to Blackcast Click subscribe on this podcast You won't be the first, but don't you be last Listen while you pumping your gas Listening to Blackcast on this episode, it's Jean Grey talking about the things that she say. So distracted, didn't feed Bay. Listening to Blackcast. Met this girl, she smiled in my face. Blackcast insulated my place. Had one beer, she brought a whole case. Listening to Blackcast. Cops knock on the door and listen. Blackcast on, they think I'm Christian. Cops ran off, now I ain't tripping. Listening to Blackcast. Point is, listen to this show. Don't need me to tell you it's dope. Rock so hard like Johnny Lithgow. Listen in the Black Cast. Oh yeah, that's the Black Cast. It's on the Ghost Twin TV or whatever. Oh, it's not. Oh, it's on AfterBuzz TV. That's right. That's that guy, Christian. You rock. Alright, several Texas had to go take care of some business, but I'm here to say, have a nice day, and listen to the damn show. This is the Blattcast, a sometimes fast-paced but usually meandering look at the world. Hosted by Christian Blatt, his trusty co-hosts Will Sterling, Jeff DeRay, and sometimes the lovely Zia Anderson, and less occasionally, Lindsay Floyd. So kick back, get ready for quite possibly the longest one hour to perhaps the shortest two hours and 56 minutes of your life. And now, here's Christian Blatt. Welcome to the Blattcast. This is something that is a bit of a throwback. This, Blattcast 373, Ooh. is audio only. No video to go with this. People are looking like, hey, 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 what happened over on the Blackcast YouTube page? We had those two interviews that made up 372, and then all of a sudden 374 is over there. Why are you holding back the video for 37? There is none. That is not how we roll. No. That's because this is a transcontinental, transinternational dateline, a return visit from the one. The only old man Morin himself. Brad Morin, how are you, sir? I'm excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you for having me back. Thank you for being in a land down under and for feeling feeling the thunder. Uh, something, something Vegemite sandwich, something. And, and Menchunder. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. Uh, what I think Black Cast Nation uh, wants to know how are things down under in, uh, and, and I, I don't mean under the hood. <laughs> I'm asking in terms of, you know, in Australia, I know that we were doing our I don't know, shelter at home is one of the things they call it, quarantine. Mm-hmm. I just say never going outside, you know. It's more like when you're, uh, well, Ellen DeGeneres got in trouble for saying that it was like prison because yes. she lives in a, in a spacious mansion. But mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, it's sort of like when you are incarcerated and you only get like an hour out in the yard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's it's 30 days in the hole, except it's, I don't know, 90 days or what have you. But 
I know that I had already started doing, you know, my AfterBuzz TV shows mm -hmm. via Zoom and that sort of thing, but you were still teaching a, a school full of children. So yes. where where are you in this, and uh, when when did the proverbial clampdown happen down there in Melbourne? Well, okay, so and that's a an interesting question. Um, like the U.S., uh, a lot of the actual hard rules have fallen back to the states, um, and while we don't have fifty states. We have quite a few, quite a few less. Um, I believe it's five states and two territories. So um, we have very different rules depending on where you are. Um, Melbourne is in Victoria, which is the second most populous state. We Melbourne is the second um, largest city in Australia. Sydney, of course, being the first. Um, we are technically... Like, we're growing bigger than Sydney. At some point, we will be bigger than Sydney in the next maybe... 10, 15 years. Um, so when I say it's sort of like a, a Boston, New York, um, love, hate relationship between the cities and, um, size wise, I would say we're probably bigger than Boston compared. Well, Sydney's smaller than New York, but you get the idea between those things. And I'm just sort of setting the stage there. Now, Sydney and, um, New South Wales, which is the state where Sydney was, um, had the first, um, most stringent rules put in place. Um, our prime minister, who's the equivalent of our president, um, has been very loose with how things are being rolled out. Um, I have a friend who teaches in the Northern Territory, um, which is a uh, you know, massive stretch of land north of the country. Um, and he, I believe he's on school holidays this second, but as of last Friday, he was still teaching. Um, so, that's so when in the April. Uh, when when the holidays are over, this friend of yours could proverbially or possibly be back in using the classroom. Word I understand better could be going back after say another week or what yeah. two weeks two weeks yeah. So we I was teaching up until Victoria and Victoria was saying again and again we're be prepared to shut down be prepared to shut down, but three uh well. Two weeks plus ago, um, they told us it was, I believe, a Friday, and they said, expect that you will be back Monday, and then the rest of the week, we're pulling school holidays forward. And so students, um, because of the way that Easter is a public holiday here, um, we actually get Good Friday off and Monday off. So the way this whole thing cracked out is all of a sudden, the kids went from having two weeks and one day off to three weeks off. Um, so the kids have full three weeks and in that week where we were given, um, we did not get a holiday. Um, we are actually, uh, use that time to train up and to get to know new, uh, technological tools to be able to teach in the classroom. So I've set up my digital classroom. I have all the tools ready to go. Unsurprisingly, since I podcast and I also have a YouTube channel, I have most of those down. Um, that said, some of the platforms that we'll be posting on uh, and some of the uh, some of the academic websites that we'll be using to assign work, I did have to do a lot of work to figure out. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's 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 a crazy new world. And we just got an email from the Department of Education in Victoria saying that we do indeed go back to school next Wednesday, uh, but we will not be in the classroom till June or July. So we're officially shut down. Um, we are we have unlimited time to go outside. 
Um, but they say don't go outside unless you have a good reason. And I don't know, unlike you guys, um, we do have spot fines if people are breaking the rules. Um, and so people are being fined up to $1,500 um, for you know being jackasses, um, having parties or whatever. People are you know getting spot fined and sent home. So uh, it's, it's a really big deal. People are taking it really seriously. Down here, uh, New South Wales and Victoria, taking it super seriously. Although New South Wales, which is where Sydney is, is talking about possibly rolling back some of the restrictions um, because there's the debate of which way do you want to go? Do you want people to get sick so that the population goes through it? And because we've effectively, quote unquote, flattened the curve here. So... There's a lot to talk about. I mean, do we do yeah, that or do now, we not? So Victoria yeah, is still going to shut you, down. You don't have to know the the hard and fast numbers, but uh, generally, are you seeing a lot of new cases every day, or has it leveled off? Because I, I my understanding is, when they feel that you're through the worst of it, at least the the way that they approached it in China, was when you were down to like under ten cases a day or something. You know, when you had like single digits of cases and then you had like two weeks without i guess new ones so are you seeing a, a lot of uh, infections and uh, or is, is it the idea of well some infections isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's uh, helping people fight it or, or or where are you at in terms of that so it's interesting um we have had a total of um almost six thousand five hundred cases of covid in australia total um with a total of almost 60 deaths. Now that doesn't sound like much, but you gotta remember though Australia's land size about the size of the US um, per square mile um, area wise, we have the population of New York City um, total. So uh, when we have those numbers, you have to remember that that's actually, um, yeah, that uh, proportionally things are very different here. Um, our population is much smaller, and those populations, in the case of Melbourne and Sydney, which is where a huge part of our population are, um, are very close together um, because we're all in one sort of area, and the rest of the country is largely unpopulated outside of sort of one or two cities per state or territory. Um, so, yeah. We are kind of leveling off um, in Melbourne. Um, that said, they are talking about keeping us locked down for a long time. Um, we have a huge uh, population of international uh, people. I'm one of them. Go figure. Um, one in four Australians <laughs> aren't born here, and those are the actual Australian citizens. Um, I'm one of those. Um, but then we have massive numbers of people who are not Australian, who are just living here. Um, it, like the people who are renting our house in the city, um, neither one of whom is Australian, both of whom, one's a chef and one's a masseuse, and both have lost their jobs because those industries have been completely turned off. So um, it's, it's very difficult for people at the moment, uh, especially if they're not Australian citizens. And we have a huge number, especially in Melbourne uh, and Sydney, um, where we have huge uh, immigrant populations of people who have come to live here because it is, it's a great place to live. So, yeah, it's uh, I, I guess I'm not answering your question, but um, it, it's hard to say um, because not all everyone's being tested, um, although I think our testing regime is slightly better than the U.S. Um, and I don't say that to 
throw mud at the U.S. I just think that because we have smaller numbers, it's easier to get a handle on it, if that makes sense. Yeah, and it, it all depends on when did you get tests and how exactly. judiciously you're using them and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all that. Yeah, so I think the uh, population center, sort of the amount that you have, makes it not sort of catastrophic that uh, it started a little bit later. And, and you talked about the, the state that hasn't even really done it. So yeah. I think that, you know, I guess it all makes sense, but they're mostly telling you to stay in. Mm-hmm. And we're at the point where they were, they're kind of predicting that we're like less than a week away from the worst of it. So they were like, yeah, this is the week to, if you don't have to go to the supermarket, you know, maybe yeah. stay in. And here in Los Angeles, literally today, as you and I talk, uh, Friday, April 10th, although I know for you, it is Saturday, it 11th is. of April. It is. So you are, I'm talking to you in the future. That's right. But the this was the day that if we go out to any sort of public place, you know, pharmacy to do pickup from a restaurant or whatever, uh, we're supposed to wear a mask. And if we don't have one of those face masks on, they could ask us to leave a supermarket. You know, they could say, oh, really? I'm sorry. You know, you, yeah, that that's new today. Uh, and, you know, they don't have to be the, obviously the, the expensive medical masks that they're also telling you not to try and find and not mm-hmm. to buy because the medical professionals need them. So, you know, we, we are lucky in that we have a bunch that Heather's mom made, you know, cloth masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have, we have a few for each of us, a few for the kids and uh, so when we go out, we just we put them on and, um, you know, it's uh, it's fine. And, you know, getting the kids to wear them was a little bit of a challenge at first. But, uh, you know, I don't know. It's uh, Felix has one with Curious George on it. Mm-hmm. Lucy has Lucy has one with Daniel Tiger. So those ones kind of work. And nice. uh, I don't know. At first, like the first time that Lucy saw me wearing it, she thought it was really funny. And I'm like, well, that's good because the alternative could be yeah, exactly. you know, being horrified by seeing, you know, daddy wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, we're still I mean, they just uh, kind of extended us through mid-May now. Like they're like, yeah, don't. Yeah, this is definitely in place through May 15th right now. Yeah. You know, we're on some degree of lockdown and, you know, it's. Obviously, it's it's incredibly hard to predict. You know, I mean, I I've at least pointed at where the whole thing started in in Wuhan, China. They had seventy six days of of lockdown, and there's a few different factors there. One, the uh, Chinese government uh, being a you know a little bit more, having a lot more leeway when it comes to enforcing the rules. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, you know, so then it's like. Like, all right, well, then maybe it's a full 90 days because that's the crazy thing is we're almost to a month. I mean, by the time people are going to hear this, yeah. it'll have been a month that we've had some degree of this. Yeah. And I've talked about it on the blackcast before. It was uh, it was Friday, March 13th, Friday the 13th, that we went to pick the kids from school and they were like, they told us then that the school was going to be closed for, at that time, they said two weeks. Yeah. And then they would let us know. And it was like, oh, it's like that. Oh, I, I just didn't know, you know, yeah. and it's uh, it's kind of, you know, gone up to degrees since then. They still let us go to the supermarket. You know, they're just like encouraging you to only go when you need to. Exactly. Because there are people who seem to be going every day because it's like, yeah. well, at least I get out of the house. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we're still able to get food delivered through a lot of delivery services yeah. or actual you know, uh, I'm talking about restaurant food. 
In a lot of cases, you can go and pick it up. In some cases, the restaurants only do curbside where, you know, you, you park in a spot mm-hmm. and they basically basically throw the food in your trunk and send yep. you on your way. And I'm like, well, I like this better than the regular way. You know, there's, exactly. a, there's a there's a great Cuban bakery called Porto's in Burbank that I, I feel like I must have taken you to, but maybe I never did. Uh, and the line was always out the door. And now it's like you order ahead. You like the parking lot is all coned off. You tell somebody that you ordered, then uh, you go to talk to a second person. They go look up your order. They bring it in. They bring it. I'm like, this is better. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So I'm like, I don't need to go back to, to the old way for this. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it's OK. It's just, you know, it's it's frustrating because, uh, you know, we've got we've got the kids. Yeah. And I've talked a lot on the Black Hats about what we started doing right from the beginning mm-hmm. was going to the house of a close friend of Felix and, you know, kind of doubling up and, and one, we're uh, filling some gaps in childcare that we collectively all have. Cause we all work remotely, but there were a little bit of overlap where it was like, oh, I don't quite know how to cover it. And the, mm-hmm. these, this other family didn't either. So, you know, and, and that's worked out. We've done it from the beginning. The whole idea is that we're sharing germs with this family yeah. and, the uh, the joke sort of that I've shared in the past is that it's like we're going steady with them because mm-hmm. we're like, well, we can't see any other people. That's right. You know, so and, and that's working. And I think that that's been a huge advantage. And I'm glad we started doing it in the beginning and we've stuck to it because the three days a week, the kids get out of the house, they see other kids you know, we have a lot of activities planned for them there. Mm-hmm. It's sort of, you know, and, and uh, I, I know plenty of other parents who they're obviously for for all the right reasons, just not doing anything like that. Yeah. You know, they're not seeing any other people at all. And they're just inside all day with the kids. So it's it's uh, hard. I, I think that that's it's hard for the kids, especially little kids that don't understand it. In, in the other hand, of if you think about it. It's great that they're little and they don't really understand. They just know things are a little mm-hmm. different right now. We've said, you know, we've yeah, we got to watch out for some germs out there. We want to make sure everything's clean before we go back to school. And it's uh, largely, you know, uh, that's largely been a sufficient enough answer. Uh, yeah. You know, every once in a while, Felix wants to do something like the old days. You know, he wants to go to a specific restaurant on Fridays that we mm-hmm. used to go to. And I'm like, well, you know, maybe we'll get that to maybe we'll get that to go. You know, we'll, we'll eat it. So, there you, go. you know, but for the most part, it's like, well, it could be worse because we are getting out. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's we've I don't know. You've seen a lot of changes, you know, even before yeah. we had to wear a mask. You started to see more people doing it. And, mm-hmm. you know, the explanation I've heard on the masks is that it's mostly for unless you actually are sick and and you or you're immunocompromised mm-hmm. or, you know, one of those high risk groups. It's not so much for you. It's just this idea that people can carry this and not know. Right. So that if you're if you've got your face covered, you're not actually you know, projecting any germs on anybody. So totally. I don't know. Are, are there any of those kinds 
kind of requirements in in Melbourne in particular are are yeah. you seeing a lot of masks are they encouraged or or where are you at in that so we have not been encouraged to wear masks until recently and even then it, the the jury's still out um i believe you've been encouraged to wear a mask if you have been exposed uh if you are self isolating because you have been in contact with someone who has covid or if you are tested positive for covid um but they are very stringent about um, having police checks on people's homes um, because a lot of the people who we, um, a lot of the population that got COVID initially in Australia um, came from overseas. And so, um, and when police were checking in on people, uh, it, was, it was throughout the news here, often they weren't home, they were out in the public. Um, and oftentimes, you know, just socializing openly with people. And so there was a lot of irresponsibility there. Um, so we haven't had the mask um, requirement. That said, we have an unbelievably huge uh, Asian population in Melbourne in particular. Um, and it seems like that demographic, I grew up in Japan, so I grew up used to seeing people with masks because that that's part of the culture. You Even in the 80s, you, you, you wore the mask. If you weren't feeling well, or if you were feeling run down, or if you were tired, you'd wear a mask because it was just common courtesy. Um, a, because you don't want to get sick, or B, if you are sick, you don't want to give it to someone else. And in a population like Tokyo, I mean, it, it's it's massive you, with all those people close together. So we're seeing, while we don't have a massive Japanese population per se, um, we do have a lot of people wearing masks, particularly in the city center. Uh, my wife and I moved out to the suburbs a couple of, uh, God, six months ago. And for us... Um, things are way more spread out than they used to be um, because we were in the guts of the city for years and years and years. Um, you know, we're used to crowds and all of that, but now that we're out in the suburbs, um, you know, you do see people wearing masks and you're seeing people wear masks in increasing numbers, but you're still not seeing masks all the time. Grocery store employees are often wearing them. Um, I've seen police officers wearing them. I've seen ambulance drivers wearing them, but I haven't seen... Um, I guess I have seen a lot of people on the street wearing them as well. People cycling with them, which is always sort of eye-catching because, um, you know, I wouldn't have expected that. But you do see that too. Um, but we're really lucky because we're out in the suburbs that we get out every morning. My wife and I, when we get up, um, there's a coffee shop around the corner who's the only person, the guy who runs it's the only people we see. So I get, you know, the coffees to go every morning. Um, we like to tr we're trying to support his business and then we go for a walk uh, and we walk for about 45 minutes every morning and then after it gets dark because the sun here is scary and we both have vampire complexion you know burst into open flame and sun you know <laughs> right. sunlight right so every night we go for about an hour hour and a half walk as well um, when we can so yeah we're just trying to get those steps in every day um, just to get some exercise but yeah. yeah I mean we're seeing mass they're just not seeing tons of them if that makes sense now you are talking about when talking with the kids um now when i grew up because i grew up sort of in that weird bouncing around the world thing that my parents did i actually was talking with my wife about this i can clearly remember two times in my life where i was uh under similar conditions um i lived in japan when the emperor when emperor hirohito passed away um, who was the emperor, of course, during World War II. And in the 80s, because I went to the American school with our friend John and our friend Jared and you know all those great guys, 
we they didn't want us out. Uh, and so they actively encouraged us to stay home. Um, and I just remember playing a lot of Nintendo and reading for about a week. And then, or may have been three or four days, but it was still, they did not want us out and about. And it wasn't necessarily that, we, you know, we would have had problems, but I think it was just a respect thing. Like, you know, hey, this is a Jap- uh, you know Japanese um, event. Don't get involved. Don't be running around playing outside. It would be disrespectful. So, I mean, there was that. And then my dad, of course, um, wanted to teach uh, English in China one summer. And that summer happened to be the same summer as Tiananmen Square. And so um, my dad and I were teaching English in Xi'an, um, you know, weeks after uh, the Tiananmen Square shutdown during martial law. Uh, And that was a lot less restrictive than what we're doing here now. Um, we could go out actively during the day. I mean, albeit we weren't in uh, Beijing at the time, but it, you know, we did visit Beijing on our trip, but even then we were allowed to walk out and around. The only place you couldn't walk was um, Tiananmen Square, but you could ride your bike through it. You could drive through it. You just weren't allowed to <laughs> right. walk. Um, heaven forbid well, you stopped. And, and, yeah. and, and depending on what your job description was, you might even be able to roll a tank through it. Mm-hmm. I think there was quite a few tanks parked in Tiananmen <laughs> Square at that time. Uh, uh, yeah. I, I I remember now that you're mentioning this. I remember ha- having talked to you about this, but uh, I I've been to Xi'an within the last like six years. The mm-hmm. uh, the home of the terracotta warriors. That's it. You know, and uh, that w- I you know there was so much construction going on, and yep. uh, you know just. Like the air was better than Beijing, but I think because of the construction, there was still like just a lot of like dust in the air. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was the first time where I remember I realized that the tour guides weren't actually going to give you truthful answers to your questions. Yeah. You know, when uh, I was just like, oh, that's that's different. You know, we're not used to seeing a, a, a nuclear uh, power plant. You know, mm-hmm. we don't have a lot of them in the United States. And she's like, oh, no, that's electric. I'm like, well, I mean, no, I, I know, what they, I, I, I know what they look like, yeah. but you know, and I'm just like, all right, clearly that's something that they don't want to scare us about. Yeah. You know, there were other little things, you know, along the way, you know, that, yeah. uh, somebody was trying to ask a tour guide something about, uh, the, 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 the guy who looks like Winnie the Pooh, the president, you know, and mm-hmm. they were just like not biting. They're nope. like, oh, no, of course. Oh, no, we're all very happy. We all love yeah. him. You know, it's almost like, what are you trying to fucking do? You yeah, know, exactly. like trying to ruin- you're trying to get me to bad mouth this guy. Yeah, like, no, no, I'm not because you might give me like, you know, the equivalent of like five dollars at the end of this guided tour. No, no, I'm good. I'm, yeah, I'm going to yeah. keep it to myself. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but I can see sort of dealing with some of those times. And it's funny because the what you were talking about when Hirohito passed away, that's kind of the way that uh, a lot of people are handling this, you know, playing exactly. video games and reading. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just sort of uh, more updated technology. And uh, I, I like to try and play a game, you know, my wife and I, just like how, how much we would have accomplished if we didn't have kids in this time, you know, just right mm-hmm. now, if we were like locked up. Uh, and I was just like, oh, I would have watched everything. I would have finished Netflix. You know, I would have gone <laughs> through the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I saw a very funny tweet from uh, Conan O'Brien this week. He was like, well, I did it. I made it all the way through Netflix and Lilyhammer still holds up. <laughs> uh, nice. So, 
in any case, uh, so you were referencing, you know, getting coffees to go. I assume restaurants are are not uh, open for people to dine in at this Correct. point. There. Yeah, yeah, the okay. the our social limiting is, um, I believe, any group larger than two people is a finable offense, um, and even then, you're supposed to be social distancing if it's not the person who you live with. Uh, but yeah, restaurants, a lot of places are just shut down. Um, weirdly, our hairdressers were open for quite a while, um, which, you know, everyone wondered if the prime minister's wife needs to get her hair done or something. Who knows? Um, but yeah, certain things were weirdly open for a long time. But now just about everything's properly shut down the way it is. Um, you can get a lot of food delivered. You can get a lot of food um, where you just order things. I know because we have two old dogs. Um, I went to go pick up a prescription for one dog, and they said, yep, just stand outside, call our number. Someone will come out, say what your dog's name is, and hold out a bag. And I did, and they dropped the prescription in, and I walked. And that was, you know, that was the most extreme thing I've seen yet. But yeah, I'm yeah. waiting for the uh, for the drone drop off. Of, right. You know, you got you to pick up like a I think I talked about this. I, I got a box of cupcakes early on and, and the you know, from a bakery and the, the one was like, OK, well, you know, you just uh, wait in your car and I'm going to go leave it on that bench in front. And then when mm-hmm. I go back inside, you can take that was the first sort of like, you know, like a like a dead drop in like uh, yeah. old spy movies. You know, you're like, all right. Uh, and it's fine. But yeah, where, where are the drones? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. we have them. Yeah. We should be. We should be like, okay, yeah. So the drone's gonna fly out with your uh, prescription, and uh, don't touch the drone. Yeah, exactly. Let the drone drop it at your feet. <laughs> so, yeah, I, it seems like in a lot of ways, you know, there's some common grounds. Now, uh, you are going to be teaching remotely, but you haven't started yet. But uh, your your wife is working from home. The lovely Kirsten That's is, right. is working from home. Yeah. Yep. Kirsten's been working from home four and a half weeks now. Um, yeah. so they completely shut her down. She was using my office for the first couple of weeks of her working from home. And then once we figured out the longevity of this, um, we used click and collect from Ikea and bought uh, a, a new desk set up for my wife and, um, rented, you know, got a truck, went, picked it up, brought it back. Um, and then bathed ourselves in napalm and lit it on fire and then, um, you know, shaved <laughs> our hair and burned the yeah. clothes. And, uh, and then I don't think we've been outside since. Um, yeah. Right. Well, it's, and, yeah. and, and that, that was something I was going to say is like, you know, the, the hairdressers were still open, which must've been a relief to you. Hmm. Yep. <laughs> because my hair is immaculately, uh, that, styled. That, I'd say that's my biggest regret. I, I, I think if I had understood what we were in for that first weekend when things, you know, started to, you know, when they started doing like restaurants at half capacity and that stuff, that's mm-hmm. when I should have been like, oh, I got to get my hair cut. So uh, yeah. and and now it's just it's just getting to be crazy. And of course, I'm saying this on the the one episode of the last month that I haven't had the camera on. <laughs> but I, I am planning on a, a video where I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna just do the old do the old head shave and mm-hmm. uh, not not to uh, Brad Moran stat, stature but uh, you know and uh, you know m- my wife was trying to say like well you know just make sure that you don't go too far and it looks nice I'm like no no the whole idea is that it needs to look terrible you know <laughs> why am you I have doing the time it? to grow it out yeah why am I doing a video if it's not gonna look bad and mm-hmm. uh, you know it's just like no I just it'll and it grows fast it'll be fine yeah. we'll be doing this for a long time so 
yeah, that's that's I'd say that's the thing that I'm like, oh, if only I had done that. And uh, I mean, it's the the day that the kids uh, school closed. Like I, I went to the gym that morning and at that point, you know, yeah. you started to hear some rumblings of what might be coming stuff that was going on up in the Bay Area. They were a little mm-hmm. ahead of us, you know, San Francisco's area. Oh, yeah. And you know, I, I started to notice there were a lot less people at the gym, but I mean that, they were always crazy about spraying everything down. And, and I'm like, I feel like the gym is cleaner than it's ever been because people are spraying down before they work out and after they work out. And, yeah. and I know I was, but, uh, so I at least, I at least got that in, but yeah, I just, uh, you know, and the fact that we can, we can still get food that's, that's local, which is great. You know, I mean, like we do like to support local businesses absolutely a couple times a week it also mixes it up a little bit but you know it's just more of like you can't really get anything from another part of town you know yeah, it's exactly. uh like i've spent all the, almost the entirety of the last month in burbank and when i haven't been in burbank i went to north hollywood which is the next town over because i had to go to the to the other target but i mm-hmm. haven't even been in a target in like a month now so yeah, it's exactly. just like that was kind of really young um, anyway, so that's sort of the, the ins and outs of it. Just kind of wanted to do the, by way of comparison. Yeah. Now, what are you doing just sort of personally to pass the time for me? Uh, and, and, you know, even if you haven't seen or, or kept current on the blackcast, you can just click on uh, any of these videos of recent episodes and you'll see that, uh, I've basically gone down in the bunker in the back room of my garage Mm -hmm. uh, and I literally have boxes upon boxes of comic books behind me and uh, that's that's where I've got but I've been doing sometimes as many as three black casts uh, in a week you know just because it's like I'm talking to you and it's like we could have gotten on well on the phone or on Skype but I was just like no I think it'll be more fun to uh you know and you've been on the the podcast a number of times so yes, i just sir. thought it would be more fun to uh, talk to you this way so i'm i'm uh, as as my friend flobo says in the episode uh, a few episodes ago new content every week That's trying it. to get new content every day every once in a while so are how's your output and uh, talk a little bit about the podcasts that you do and uh what the output's been like for them yes sir um well i do i have a a glorified podcast network, which is just a fancy way of saying I do several podcasts and I put them all through the same feed. Um, and it's called Cast Dice, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E. And um, it's it's largely a podcast that talks about uh, tabletop gaming. So that could be miniature gaming, that could be board games, that could be... I mean, we've, we've talked very limitedly over time about uh, role-playing games. That's not really my bag. Hasn't been since the 80s. But, um, yeah, toy soldiers, that kind of thing. Uh, And so, uh, as you know, I'm also a comic fan. Uh, Specifically, one of my great loves in life when I was a kid was G.I. Joe comics. Uh, And G.I. Joe was sort of my, I would say, my gateway drug into toy soldiers. And so, in recent weeks um, since I've been on school holiday, I've been cranking through um, a 156 scale, so um, much smaller than normal size scale G.I. Joe Army. So I've been taking 3D printed uh, vehicles that have been printed into resin, and I've been painting up a Cobra Army. Uh, So I have 50-odd Cobra foot troopers with Crimson Guardsmen, the Dreadnoughts, uh, hiss tanks, uh, thunder machine, cobra helicopters, fang helicopters, for those of you who know, asp artillery pieces. Anyway, I've been painting through all of that. 
bit by bit by bit, and I've been putting them on my Cast Dice uh, YouTube page, and I've been doing a um, G.I. Joe on the tabletop. And so it's just basically talking through the lore of these units. Who are these guys? What is this thing? That kind of thing. And I've been doing that once a week for about two months now. Um, and this has just allowed me to really do longer episodes with deeper content because I have more time to listen to stuff, uh, listen to different podcasts and uh, different YouTube channels about these toys and the lore behind them. And uh, yeah, I've been doing uh, the Warlord Games podcast, which is a game company that I'm friends with the owner. So I do his game company. It's a it's a big multinational company, but they just didn't have a podcast and I offered to do it. So I've been doing a lot of their podcasts, not as much as my own, but I'm ending up talking to a lot of really cool people in the gaming industry, Rick Priestley, uh, Andy Chambers, for those who would know. Um, but yeah, just it's been a lot of fun um, just talking to folks and uh, catching up with different games that I don't normally get a chance to do. Um, and I just talked to an old friend on my own show about uh, a game called Marvel Crisis Protocol, which is, um, you remember the old Marvel versus Capcom video game where you would play? I, 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 yes, I remember it quite well. And every once in a while, you'll see sort of the retro arcade that mm -hmm. uh, might still have that. And the, uh, the X-Men game. Game, the Ninja Turtle four-player yes. game, the, mm -hmm. the Simpsons four-player game. Yeah, I love all those games. Yeah, you know, yeah. Well, this is the tabletop miniature version of that, um, where it's you know you have to go stop uh, you know a, a scroll invasion, or you need to stop Ultron from getting all the control consoles and meanwhile you're playing some heroes or some villains and it's just this big old mess so having fun painting up some of the superheroes i just finished iron man i'm currently working on captain america and captain marvel um and these are you know um what three inches tall so yeah it's been it's been a lot of fun um it's keeping me busy because those models have a lot of detail and it takes me a long time to paint them and I, it would take me forever normally but given that i have more time than ever been doing that which i know makes me sound kind of nerdy and lame but i've really been enjoying it and it's been nice just to take a break and decompress because i don't know painting's always been that thing that i do to calm down and to you know just to relax and given how much sort of weird anxieties out in the world and how sort of busy the last term was and kids were a little nervous at the end of last term not knowing what's happening um we couldn't give them answers of whether or not they were going to be coming to school um they didn't really understand what's going on with the virus and so there was a lot of anxiety going on in the school at the end of last term and so it's been really nice just to relax decompress paint some toy soldiers um, listen, you know, watch some bad movies, uh, listen to some good podcasts and just hang out. So yeah, that's what I've been doing. And yes, I've been keeping up the content and, uh, I am sitting yeah. on three episodes right now and that doesn't include, um, this when I reshare it. So yeah, boom. <laughs> so wait, so what we're doing right now, this is going to be one of those instances where it's, it's on the black cast, but, uh, you'll also put this conversation up somewhere on the cast dice network. Yes, sir. Well, uh, I, first of all, uh, I, I'm always honored to be uh, multi-platformed, as it were, but also uh, just a, a few things. I think that this is a great time to have a hobby that is painstaking attention to detail, mm -hmm. uh, very long stretches 
where you don't even think about going outside. Uh, so I think that uh, th this is finally, you know, the golden age of, uh, you know, painting toy soldiers. It is. It's the nerd and, apocalypse, as my friends yeah, have been calling and, it. And you don't have to worry about saying anything that will make you sound like a nerd because this is a black cast and yes. uh, you know we we're all we're all card carrying members of of nerd nation mm -hmm. in black cast nation and then finally to circle it back to gi joe there have been a lot of great memes about gi joe lately mm -hmm. because obviously this is great recruitment for cobra, cobra right now because everybody gets a mask yes and i was thinking about how this is a great time to be cobra commander because he has two masks he has That's the right. hood and then he has like the the metal like mirror one mm -hmm. you know I, now what is that made out of and i'm not talking about realistically but in the in in the cartoons and comics and and whatnot what is that is that metal i mean i don't even know what that is that yeah it's it's apparently a bulletproof metal uh it's it's very it's a helmet but um because uh, god i am gonna drop down a serious g you asked i'm gonna drop down a serious gi joe I sure did, and I and I knew what I was doing when I asked. So go ahead. So I believe it was issue twenty three, Cobra Commander of the of the Real American Hero original eighties comic book written by Larry Hama. Uh, um, he Cobra Commander was captured, um, and he was rescued in twenty four, I believe. Uh, ooh, God, I'm getting my numbers mixed up. But it was in that ballpark, and in that time. Um, while in the issue where he was captured, they actually talk about it, what his helmet is. And apparently it's a bulletproof material, but it's lined with C4. So if anyone tries to take it off him um, without uh, the proper sequence of buttons, um, he'll blow up and everyone around him will too. Um, and that's, if you ever see him wearing that helmet, sometimes there's like a rectangular panel along the top. Um, that sure, has yeah. only been there, that was put in from the comic, that issue, because he hit a button and it pulled back and you could see the plastic explosives inside, and then he closed it again. Um, that is literally the only time that panel has ever opened in any issue ever. Um, or And it wasn't even in the cartoon, but I think that panel does appear, um, as in the line of it, and you can see it, but yeah. It was never on the action figure, yeah. it was written in for the well, comic. I've I've looked up just the cover for GI Joe number twenty three and I remember it very well. And you and I, uh, this is a few years ago now. Mm -hmm. We spoke at great length about GI Joe number twenty one, the silent yep. interlude, which is still one of the most unique comics that I've ever read. Brilliant. And I remember this issue. I remember the cover really well. And I'm seeing the cover for number twenty four. He's got the the metal helmet back on, and he's got some kind of like cool jetpack. Cobra Commander mm -hmm. does. That's it. And uh, yeah, and I'm just remembering all of this, and uh, and uh, I haven't, you know, I, I my brother subscribed to GI Joe, so we would get it in the mail, and uh, we got it for a while. I don't I don't remember when he stopped getting it, uh, but uh, so I, I read it for a long time just because my brother was getting it, and mm -hmm. I always liked the cartoon. I liked the characters. I had a lot of the toys. And, uh, yeah, I think that, um, I don't know, I guess it was something that sort of fell off at one point. I mean, I remember when they had G.I. Joe the movie, but it was a TV movie, yes. you know, and mm -hmm. that was like Serpentor and Cobra, la, 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 la. Uh, yeah, please don't. don't. And, and, and I fell off probably right at that point. And, you know, that was sort of, that was like right after Transformers the movie that was out theatrically mm -hmm. and then the... TV show like jumped to the future and oddly enough I, if unless I'm mistaken that future was 2006 
Uh, <laughs> yep. The, the Transformers Future was 2006 because I guess the movie was 2005. And, uh, you know, so that and, and also, I mean, look, that's the point where I was uh, like junior high, almost high school. And, uh, you know, those were different times. I would still read comics, but uh, I was just like, oh, all right, I can't I got to I got to put the toys away, you know, yeah. and get it. You know, having the comics was was easier to hide anyway. Yeah. You know? But uh, yeah, so I, I, I don't know, I remember it and I, I, I did always like. I know I thought GI Joe was great, and that comic was great. I mean, Larry Hammond went on to do some great stuff, uh, you know, comic-wise, and uh, he did some animated series work, I think. But also, he was writing Wolverine at the point where they gave Wolverine the bone claws. That's right. And uh, I don't think that there had ever been a hint that those claws were anything other than adamantium implanted into him. And then he had the idea that sort of horrific encounter with Magneto where Wolverine's adamantium skeleton was literally ripped out of him. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out he's like, you know, it works for the character because he doesn't remember anything about his past. He's like, yeah, I still got these though. You know? And I was just like, not expecting that. No one was. Yeah. uh, It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that the more we got to find out about Wolverine, like how old he was and, and, you know, that he'd been in the civil war and stuff. I'm like, no, I liked when we knew almost nothing. Yeah, you know? exactly. It was the mystery. It's like snake eyes. Yeah. The more you found yeah. out, the more you're like, yeah. And they, they actually know, pulled his mask off at one point and, you know, you look at it and go, you know, that that's bad, but it's not as bad as what, you know, people's reaction shots that you've been showing for, you know, 80 issues of this yeah, comic. Was it, you, yeah. Was it like Deadpool? Where it was just like horribly disfiggered. Was that Snake Eyes' deal? Or, yeah. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there was a what bunch about Cobra of things. Commander? Was Cobra Commander just uh, hiding his face? Or he was. was he disfigured? Okay. He was just hiding. So, so, he, so he could have been a very, a very dashing, handsome fellow, huh? Well, he was more, he was originally literally a used car salesman. Um, who, who then. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Who then started a Ponzi scheme um, and then kept doing it and um, turned it into. In e- a little organization that then slowly and surely spawned into Cobra. Um, yeah, they they explained a lot of Cobra Commander's backstory, and I've been recently finding out what it is because I I dropped off on the comics. Oh, like ninety issue ninety ish, um, and I read it all the way through up until that point. But then they they give you a lot more Cobra Commander because Cobra Commander is technically um, shot and killed. I think in the seventies. Uh, maybe even the '60s, and then you have Serpento running the organization, and there's a there's a Crimson Guardsman in the Cobra Commander power armor, claiming to be Cobra Commander for a long time, and um, there's the Cobra Civil War and all that. But all that time, Cobra Commander's quote unquote the real one's dead. Um, turns out he wasn't. Um, he was rescued by another Crimson Guardsman, uh, and in issue 100, um, he comes back. Buries, takes all of his, um, all the, everyone who supported the fake Cobra Commander, puts them in a uh, a landlocked freighter, and then drops a mountain on it, um, and then goes, okay, buried alive, have a nice day, and leaves. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I I love the idea that he started as a used car used car salesman, uh, guy running a Ponzi scheme. It just mm-hmm. shows. You know what a what an ultimate go getter. You know That's when it. you you know when you take the. Uh, when you take the politics outside of it, the fact that uh, you know Donald Trump goes from real estate mogul to reality show host to president, there you, go. Uh, you know you can kind of see like, 
look at that, kids. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> if if the, if you're if you're like a little Cobra commander and you have some evil in your heart, you can really literally go anywhere. Just got to uh, have now, your side hustle on, man. Just got to be yeah. pay attention for those opportunities. <laughs> Did uh, now? Do you keep up with any new content on GI Joe? I mean, I know that IDW's done series, and you know there are there's new content. Are are you up on that, or do you just tend to uh, you know remember the old stuff and uh, play with the uh, the little toy soldiers? So um, getting those issues has been problematic for me down here. Uh, so I've been ordering some of the trade paperbacks um, because I found out when the IDW run started and I was able to get a bunch of the trade paperbacks. So I have the first three, possibly four, four. Uh, I'm looking at the shelf now. Um, and yeah, I've been reading those and they are brilliant because they continue the original Larry Hama um, chronology um, from the original Real American Hero series because there was another company that picked things up for a while called Devil's Do, and they kind of weirdly retconned a lot of stuff and there's some really cool clever stuff but if you watch the gi joe movie the original one the rise of cobra and thought what the hell is what these nanites and you know all this weird alternate history that's all from the devil's do stuff so um i didn't think that lined up with anything and i thought it was weird hollywood um, you know, having its way with my childhood. But turns out it was largely based on a comic. It just wasn't the comic that I read, uh, if that makes sense. But yeah, um, I have been reading the IDW stuff, and it's actually really good. Um, I just need to catch up with where things are now because I haven't, I haven't gotten to the Death of Snake Eyes part yet. But uh, yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Well, I, I hope he pulls through. I always thought he was a cool character, you know. <clears throat> Spoilers, uh, uh, he might. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, just uh, yeah. just a hunch. You know, we've mentioned. Uh, let, just think about the characters that we've talked about in the last five minutes. We talked about Snake Eyes, Cobra mm-hmm. Commander, and Wolverine, all of whom have been dead in recent memory. So that's right. You know, odd, odds are, <laughs> odds are, uh, he will pull through. So, uh, lots of time with uh, GI Joe, which is great, uh, and. I think that, mm-hmm. uh, and and we've talked a lot about GI Joe, and it's a it's it's always fun to kind of remember it, you know, seeing some of these covers, just because you know I did a Google search while I was talking to you, and there's a this cover of GI Joe number twenty seven where mm-hmm. uh, Storm Shadow's like kicking uh, Snake Eyes like out of a moving subway car, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah, so I it's like. I, I don't even know that I remember the inside of the of the issues, but I remember these these covers for yeah. sure. They were so and, good. Uh, yeah, and you know, you and I for for one of one of your many podcasts, we not that long ago it was in the last year and a half or so. We did a bit of a bit of a deep dive on the Ninja Turtles. We did. And, uh, it's a lot of the original issues, you know, from the uh, what was that? What was that? Uh, what company published those? I don't even remember the name of it. Um, the, IDW it, does it now. Now, yeah. Um, but and, anyway. It was it was self published the image. Uh, no, I don't know. I can look it up, but and and it was it was great to kind of read those. And it's sort of like I I definitely want to revisit. And there's like because we jumped around to deal with a specific storyline. We there's did. Like a lot more that I wanted to read because I until that point I'd never read any of those old turtles comics. Oh, and, so good. You know, yeah, because it's like you know. Like obviously the the movies sure, but my primary exposure to the Ninja Turtles didn't really come about until the cartoon because mm-hmm. you know the the reprints weren't 
happening in the same way. And it was like at a point where they would just reprint the issues as standalone comics. And then those would go out of print and those would be worth a lot of money. So it was mm -hmm. hard to see those stories. So I was glad to have the opportunity to uh, do that. Uh, something that uh, in the near future that uh, Will, Jeff, and I have been uh, threatening to do is uh, something I've never read, and it's outside of my comfort zone because it's DC, is uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths. That's a like, lot of issues, though, isn't it? It's 12. Like the is it only? Oh, I was yeah, thinking it was like 50. No, no. that I, There might be a more recent one. This is okay. the one from the 80s that was right after Secret Wars. Mm. and. A uh, friend of the black cast, uh, Jeff Winston, gave me like a physical trade paperback of it. And I'm like, this this would be the time to read it. And this oh, is yeah. sort of going back to what I was saying before, that if we didn't have kids, I would have read, you know, all these books that I have. I have all these comics and trade mm -hmm. paperbacks and stuff. So, you know, we try to do some some standalone shows like that. Just some ideas of, you know, just reading some stuff that, uh, you know, maybe we should have read uh, and we're getting around to it. So. All right, so you're painting the toy soldiers. So hold on, hold on. Let me let me throw something at you really quick. Something yeah. that's happened, and I think you'll get a kick out of it. And I think you've probably seen it on my Facebook feed for uh, Cast Ice. Is uh, I mean, clearly the GI Joe thing has me leaning heavily uh, in a nostalgic direction. And as you t alluded to when we talked about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, I'm heavy into the '80s nostalgia, especially when it comes to my gaming. I've recently got some Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle toy soldiers that I'm going to have to repaint to uh, to match the standard of the rest of my stuff. Um, I've got some James Bond models, but in recent times, a lot of people have been um, making sort of boutique miniature lines that are unlicensed and they are made to resemble um, and they're not advertised as, but um, I, I recently picked up uh, almost a full set of uh, G1 Transformers in, you know, I'm not even sure what scale it is, but they're again, three or four inches tall. Uh, I'm holding uh, hound in my little hand right now and um, cliff jumper and yeah it just going yep got those and um, not I mean of course there's the there's the Star Wars miniatures game and of course there's the Marvel miniatures game both of which are licensed but then I also um, picked up some Masters of the Universe uh, unlicensed models as well it's getting a little weird. It's like my childhood toy box has thrown up on my um, adult grown-up uh, display case for my toy soldiers. Um, but yeah, it's it's pretty it's pretty awesome that all of a sudden I can play with all the toys I played with as a kid, except in miniature and having official <laughs> right. rules. Um, and yeah, man, I guess it's just to that point where all the kids of the boomers have disposable income. And um, people are, you know, giving us what we want, which is the toy soldiers that we yeah. had as kids, which is just so weird and fantastic. Yeah, the interesting thing when it comes to Transformers is that uh, Felix's friend, whose house we go to, he's uh, very big into the Transformers Rescue Bots, very specifically Rescue Bots Academy. So he has Ooh. his Optimus Prime, and it's like it's sort of cool, but it's all plastic. And when we were mm. kids, the, they were metal. Yes. I mean, these were. These were potential dangerous weapons, mm -hmm. our, our Transformers. And I'm like, 
oh, that's good. But I'm just like, man, if I still had my Optimus Prime, you'd uh, you, mm-hmm. you'd be in awe of it. And, you know, I'm in the garage where uh, all of my uh, Star Wars figures uh, live. I've been nice. uh, judiciously saving them. I moved across country with them because, uh, you know, just the idea that one day, I'd be able to uh, share them with uh, with my kids, plural. But you know, always you kind of figure like you know, yeah, like okay, yeah, one day I'll have a son. But obviously, you know, it'd be fun for Lucy too one day. Oh yeah, and uh, but you know, still four, and I'm like, he's not ready. He's not ready for Star Wars. I know I saw it when I was four, but uh, they're different times. But I tell you, if this uh, lockdown keeps up long enough, uh, he's probably gonna watch. Uh, at least all three of the original trilogy. You That's know? <laughs> it. That's it, man. Well, um, one of my best friends uh, is an incredibly fast painter, and he's painted up a ton of Warhammer 40,000 armies, uh, amongst other things. But his son was looking at his display case and went, yeah, like this is cool. Can you run me through a game? And my buddy had painted all of these things, and I don't know if he'd played much, and he was like, okay, uh, we'll fake it and, um, you know, pull out the rules and they, they set it up and that started it out. And now he and his son play all the time. Um, and it's just using the stuff that he has in his case. And he painted up an army for his son for Christmas. Um, that, you know, I wish my dad did that was, don't get me wrong. My dad's amazing, but like it is, it is one of those things where, you know, you always hear about, you know, people saying, oh, I'm going to pass my stuff off to my kid or we're going to play with this, that and the other thing. But to actually see it happen is pretty awesome. Yeah. You don't get yeah, it. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. And look, I've, I've got the, the little things, you know, I mean, even, you know, when you think about the stuff from your early childhood, you know, it's uh, it's fun for Felix to sit there and watch uh, Sesame Street and uh, I'll watch, you know, once a week. When uh, Lucy does uh, an online uh, speech therapy now that the therapist can't come mm-hmm. to the house, so uh, we usually usually he watches a Sesame Street, and the the new Sesame Streets are half hour uh, for HBO. Go are figure. They? But that's just yeah, that's just where they're at. And then uh, I'll usually watch like a obviously it has to be a a classic episode, an older episode. I watch a, a Mr. Rogers with him, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like those still work in a great way because it's like it. the kids in 2020 are still going to be like, Oh, wow. That's really cool. They went up in a hot air balloon and mm-hmm. Oh my God, the crayon factory, you know? Right. So I'm still, I'm still trying to find somewhere online, the one with uh, Lou Ferrigno, uh, you know, where he oh, goes, Mr. Yeah. Rogers goes to the set of the Hulk to kind of show you like, yeah, you know, this is just, a, this is a, this is a nice guy who puts on green paint. You don't mm-hmm. need to be scared of Hulk. But uh, I don't think that one's on uh, Amazon Prime. But anyway. Oh, man, so, Fred Rogers. What a national treasure, man. He's like Bob yeah. Ross. Doesn't get any better yeah. than that. Did you? I don't know. I don't think we talked about it. We we covered it a lot in the Blackcast. I think we did two episodes on it. Did, mm-hmm. did you see the documentary a few years ago? I did not. Um, although it was just getting. Um, wait, there is a, a Tom Hanks movie. That is not what you're talking about. I saw that too. That was also good. It's just the the documentary from like a, a year earlier, like two no, years I ago. No, not. So yeah. yeah. No, I need well, to. Well, it's great. Yeah, you should check it out uh, when time permits. So, uh, in terms of uh, oh, so then the other thing I was going to say is like the the little uh, you know putting a pinky toe in the water of 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 nerddom beyond mm-hmm. just like clothes that he has that with you know, Spider-Man or Avengers or Star Wars on it. I've watched a, a couple episodes of Spider-Man and his amazing friends with Felix. How Cause I feel good. like yeah. that's well suited for a four year old. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know that he's ready for the nineties cartoon just yet. No. 
you know, yeah, that might be a little a little scary for him. And mm-hmm. just the fact that you know, he watch it, and after we watched it, like Lucy was asking for it on the iPad. I'm like, yeah, this this is what I want, you know. Mm-hmm. Both, both kids looking for Spidey, but it's like you know, you got to take the baby steps. You can't you can't rush it. But then again, you know, another couple months of this, uh, you know, we'll be uh, we'll, yeah. we'll be. We'll be watching the Tobey Maguire movie. So uh, <laughs> in terms of, of, you know, just sort of content and things, you were talking about while you're painting, you'd be watching some bad movies. Now, is there anything that stands out that you've watched recently, good, bad, or indifferent, you know, in terms of movies or TV shows or anything? So we've been watching, my wife and I have been watching a lot of TV shows. Um, we've been finishing a lot of series that we were watching uh, previously, and we've watched entire things. Uh, my wife recently got Amazon, so we've watched the Jack Ryan series. Um, I happen to shamelessly love the Jack Ryan movies, and I read the books as a kid. So for me to go back and watch that series, look, it's it's not the books, um, but it was fun. You know, whatever. It was a nice distraction for a little while. Um, but we have been loving uh, the most recent season of Westworld. We rewatched some of the old episodes to catch up. Uh, and we watched Picard um, from beginning to end, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, I mean, just watching lots of stuff. Um, movies, though, for me, uh, it's been a lot of in my office. I don't have the DVD player set up, so it's Disney. Um, Disney Plus is on my laptop, so I end up watching a lot of uh, Marvel movies. And I did watch a few classic tragic 80s movies, you know, you know, when you need the serotonin hit, nothing like Big Trouble in Little China and Flash Gordon and, you know, those kind of movies as well. So, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Disney Plus is, uh, you know, there's there's so much on there, including Spider-Man is amazing. Friends, That's right. And the 90s Spider-Man. And That's of right. Of course, the 90s X-Men. And mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much. Uh, on there and you know it's uh it's great because you know we're able to have you know we're able to put one of the kids in one of the rooms uh with you know lucy can watch she can watch daniel tiger or something felix Mm -hmm. might watch something on the disney app you know it's uh you know and then if, if if i'm in a pinch well i can watch something on my phone uh, I yeah. wanted to talk briefly about Picard. Yes. Uh, now, internationally, I believe it was it it aired on Amazon, right? Is that where you saw it? Yes, sir. Yeah, because we have, you know, we had there's like a a, a a platform called CBS All Access that we have here, mm. and I know that Star Trek Discovery is on Netflix That's in most right. of the world. That's where we got and it. Then, yeah, and then uh, Picard uh, ended up on that. Uh, I think in general, I I liked it. I love seeing Patrick Stewart. Right. You know, in the last few years, we've gotten to see him play, you know, Charles Xavier at the end of his life, mm-hmm. and then he's playing an older Jean-Luc Picard, and I'm like, great, this is all I wanted, and I would watch him as those characters just reading the phone book. Exactly. Uh, you know, it would be fine. I have no problem with that. By the way, I once saw uh, Patrick Stewart do his uh, his one man uh, Christmas Carol. Oh, you going back like not quite thirty years, but more than twenty five years ago. I remember going to that. It was great. It was fantastic. You know, oh, he had he's so talented. Such such reverence for the book and the story. Mm-hmm. It was so fun to go. To. But anyway, the uh, so I think that with Picard, I thought it was good, and I, this is exactly what I've said very recently on the show. It's just mm-hmm. I wanted it to be great. I wanted it to be amazing. There were a yeah. lot of good things about it. The story was interesting, but I was like, I don't know. I just wanted bigger. But 
it was great to see some of those characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, I didn't really care much about most of the new characters, to be honest. But yeah. it's fun to see them. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see because, I mean, they've whenever there are TV shows being filmed again, they, they will do an, at, at least another season. My understanding is there's a, at least three planned. And so it'll be good to see where they go with it. Uh, but as we start start to uh, wind down here, mm-hmm. because uh, whether whether people are listening to this as part of the black cast or something on the Cast Ice Network, yes, sir. the winding down process sometimes takes a little while. What do you uh, mean? It never takes we, long. We don't we, talk at we, all. We live right in the 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 meander zone. Yes, you know? we do. It's kind of where we're at. Uh, one of the things that I I wanted to ask you because I'm basically at this point I'm asking everybody kind of what they think. So we get to a point that things are going to be somewhat normal again. It's hard to say exactly when that is, but just hypothetically, this is the the date I usually pick. Uh, if movie theaters reopen on July 1st, mm-hmm. how soon after that do you think you personally are comfortable going into a movie theater, Brad? Well, uh, two weeks after everything opens, probably. Um, yeah, two weeks. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sitting right at a month. I'm like, if it is July, I'll be good by the time Wonder Woman 84 comes out, mm-hmm. in, uh, which is August 5th, at least here in the U.S. And I'm like, yeah, all right, so if there's no... No stories, no concerns. They stay open. I exactly. think I'll be all right with that, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it's harder to imagine going to concerts on the theater or a club show level, even yeah. much less like a giant arena show. I don't, I don't think we're gonna have those events in 2020. I mean, maybe, you know, it seems like you're in a different sort of situation. It being smaller population spread out more throughout the country. Yeah. I think, I think that you might see opportunities like that sooner, but, uh, you know, as oddly enough, the way that the black cast works uh, earlier today, I was, uh, interviewing, uh, David Ellison from Megadeth and I was talking to him Mm -hmm. about sort of the idea of, you know, getting back and, and touring and it's so hard to figure out when it is. But I was saying to him that when the, uh, the big festival, in the in Southern California, Coachella, when that yeah. moved from April to to October, I remember at that time I was like, October? What are they moving all the way to October for? Yeah. And now you think October? I don't think they're going to be ready for October. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? It's like it it seems too soon in the space of really just a few weeks. So uh, I I don't know. I mean I think you know the idea of like look movie theaters being at half capacity. I'm all on board for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know the uh, restaurants at half capacity. I'm also okay with that too. Yes. You know, obviously economically those things you can't sustain for a while, but uh, yeah. I'm, I'm all right with them in the short term. I think you got to ease people back into it. Um, but uh, I don't know. Do you feel like you'd be quicker to go out for a, a night out at a restaurant or would you also yeah. maybe wait the similar two weeks? So we well, really quick. We have tickets for faith no more in May. And we just, I mean, go fit. We, we knew it was going to get canceled or something. Um, we've had the tickets for months. Um, I think we got them at, in November last year. And so um, they've just announced that that has been postponed till early 2021. So um, on one hand, we're kind of like, oh, because tickets down here are ungodly expensive. And so it's like, oh, that's a 300 bucks I won't be getting back. However, um, I'm okay with that. Uh, I, I'm really glad that they're still planning to come back. I think that's cool. Um, 
but even then, I'm the thought of. I was talking about this again with my wife, who is, you know, pretty much the only person I see face to face and I see all the time. Um, we were talking about this, and it, as a primary school teacher, for me, I think the weirdest thing isn't necessarily. I love teaching. It's not interacting with kids. It's not teaching per se, but to be in because classrooms aren't the biggest places in the world, and I have twenty five students in my class, and to have. 25 other human beings in a room with me again is going to feel really strange. And the fact that, you know, when, when you go to teach, every all the kids come to the floor and come sit on the floor while you write on the board and then you send them back to the desk to do work. It's just that constant back and forth. And to have 25-ish kids, you know, sitting within, you know, seven or eight feet of me while I'm teaching is going to feel really strange. Um, and I, I don't know, I don't, you know, I'm sure within five minutes it'll be fine. But the thought of that right now, after having been away from kids for, what, going on three weeks now, now maybe for you as a parent, it, that won't feel as strange. But I mean, but for me, that ties into then going back into restaurants or going to movies or going to concerts. To be around people again is going to feel really odd. Um, and I, I guess it's just one of those things that once, once it happens, it'll happen and you'll think, oh, I haven't done this in a long time. And then we'll probably be back to normal, but it'll be, I mean, so many things are changing with how we do business, um, internet deliveries, um, how the mail is coping with that, how deliveries of food, um, are done, um, how restaurants and bars are surviving in this time that once things go back, I don't think we're ever going to see the world the way we, we had it before. Now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. As you said, you know, sometimes before there were lines and there was, you know, maybe some infrastructure needed to be put in that wasn't, didn't exist. So maybe now we will see, you know, more efficiency um, once everything goes back online. Or it might just be a train wreck. Who knows? Um, it's, I do think, though, that things are probably going to be they're definitely going to feel different, if that makes sense. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah look, I, one thing that I, that I think about, and I, <clears throat> I can't remember, I think I was talking to David about this on the show, but it might have been um, beforehand. But just the idea of, of flying again is, is so strange. Right. And obviously, when you fly back to the States, that's, what is that, an 18-hour flight? If so that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, like that's to the to LA. That's to LA. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I then, got then, then you have fly to go on. on to Boston. Yeah. yeah. So the idea of you know kind of being in the sky in this you know petri dish of of germs, and I, I definitely talked to David about this on the Black Eyes because I remember mentioning that when Heather was pregnant with Lucy, and we were flying, they she was like seven months pregnant. And they're like, look, it's you can do it, but it is such a it's like everything is dirty mm -hmm. and germy. Oh yeah. So like that was like you know, using the Purell and sort of the way that everybody is now, and it's just like yeah, it's just like if I am on a plane, which I I, I don't know where I'm going at this point, but right? it's like mm -hmm. yeah, being super paranoid and also probably like might as well wear the mask, you know, <laughs> it's yeah. uh. Yeah, you you, know. sh you should. I mean, I've seen people were doing that before, um, not all that often, but I did see it. Um, you know, some Japanese people wore the masks in the '80s, 
flying back from Japan. I mean, you didn't see it all the time, but you did see it. Um, and so will that be a new standard of being for planes? Will the airline industry bounce back? I mean, will flights be super cheap or unbelievably expensive once things, quote unquote, go back to normal? It'll be really interesting to see. And if it's one thing that, you know, being an American who lives abroad um, with a Scottish wife who also isn't from here, um, you know, it definitely has made the distance feel, you know, that, you know, we are literally on the other side of the planet. Um, and on one hand, it's wonderful to be able to sit down with you today on this or to message you through Facebook Messenger like we've been doing. But we're also not there. Um, it, it does beg the question of maybe in three to five years, maybe maybe we do end up back somewhere in the northern hemisphere. Who knows? I mean, what uh, you know, if it's one thing that this thing has shown, it's how important family and friends are. And though we have wonderful friends down here, um, Kirsten's dad's here, but he's social distancing from us because I've been around children. And, you know, who knows how many families have interacted in different ways. So, you know, it's it, it's a strange old world. Yeah, no, I know, and it's a uh, it, you know it's a great point of how far away you both are from home, and yeah, the sort of big picture that's like you know you'd be isolated right now, but then the idea that you're not quite as far away, because yeah, I think it takes a while for things to have some degree of a course correction, but then also then you're willingly putting yourself in the situation. You know, look, mm -hmm. it's one thing to be in a room full of kids. It's another to to spend 18 hours on a flight, get off, and then go on another flight a little mm -hmm. bit later for another, whatever, six, seven hours. You know, so I can, yeah, it's it's hard to, in the space of a month, it's become so hard to imagine, you know. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> you know, I, I, I barely, like I said, I barely leave Burbank, you know. Yeah. I'm, I, <laughs> To be a super regional, I'm, I'm I'm driving up to Van Nuys tomorrow to get us some uh, Easter dinner at the the only Boston market that's left. Mm -hmm. And the idea that I'm gonna get on the freeway for the first time in like a month is is crazy. As a resident know? of L.A., that is nuts. Like, <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I mean, to to have spent this much time not going anywhere, I mean. You know, it's just to to go to work two days a week. I had to, you know, I had to drive like a good forty five minutes. You know, so uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's it's. I, it's I drove how... I drove a half an hour away um, to IKEA and a half an hour back. And outside of that, yeah. I haven't been anywhere other than where I can go on my own two feet for the last right. month. Right, I mean, sure, and yeah, that's guys, bonkers. Do you, do you guys, you guys don't have a car, right? I we remember. we don't have a car. Um, yeah, and though so, we right, live in the exactly. suburbs, there are go get car let services that you can borrow a car for a couple hours which is what we did for the ikea thing we rented a truck um and then had it for i think an hour and a half two hours went picked up the thing came back and then that was that um so i could get in a car anytime i want and we used it quite a lot up until when this happened but then all of a sudden you're sharing a car with who doing what and touching everything no that's not happening yeah so yeah. Well, and that's the thing too. It's like, it's funny because, uh, on the one hand, our individual worlds have gotten so small because of, you know, the, mm -hmm. the lack of unnecessary travel, but at the same time, you know, not that you and I didn't talk from Los Angeles to Melbourne right. in the past, but it's like, we're talking from very far away and, you know, I'm talking to people, uh, around the country and as you're proving around the world mm -hmm. and I, 
feel like I'm talking, I'm much more social now because I can do it in this way. Then, you know, it's like, eh, it's hard to get out. It's hard to see people. And, you know, look, we have a lot of friends that don't live close. You, you literally mm-hmm. on the other side of the world, me on the other side of the country. So in a lot of ways, it's like smaller, but also you're just like, oh yeah, but the, the whole world is at your, at your fingertips. fingertips honestly, yeah. the, you know, the, the, the distance and the internet connection made it so that it didn't make sense for you and I to do this on zoom, right. but we're doing it on Skype and it's a great connection and all that, but doing the black cast, you know, domestically with people in the States doing it on zoom. I'm like, well, this is kind of better than the way that I usually did it. Yeah. It's like easier. I think it's kind of fun to be able to give people mm-hmm. the videos sometimes. And it's almost like, oh, this is, it's just, it, it's in a lot of ways, it's better. Obviously, when you're talking about the social aspect, the interaction, you can just, you know, it's better to see people in person, you know, yeah. that, uh, that, uh, that, that, that bar outside of uh, Fenway the, the week before your wedding. <laughs> Cask and flagon. The cask and flag, and that is not going to be replicated on a Zoom happy hour. You know, what no, I mean? it's so, not. So yeah. you know, and I, I, I look forward to that sort of a, that sort of a, a time. You know, I can, I can yeah. kind of see that. You know, getting my, getting my private karaoke room again, which uh, mm-hmm. I'm glad that uh, Heather had us do that with uh, my dad and his wife were out, so we did that for my birthday back in February. Brilliant. You know, I think back on all the things that I got to do before this. And I'm yeah. like, oh, there's plenty of more things that would have been great, but uh, I'm glad I got to do this. I got to do that, you know? Yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, we'll get back to it, but it'll be interesting to see. Uh, obviously, one of the casualties of the schedule, and I guess that's a that's probably not the right word to use because you have people dying, but, you know, something that was impacted negatively by by the, the media schedule was that we were supposed to get a new James Bond movie. Thank uh, you. I was going to bring it up if you didn't. And and now that's coming out in November. And that's that same thing as Coachella. When they moved it from April to November, you're like, November? What what are they doing? Yeah. You know? And Mm -hmm. then now it's like thinking about how Wonder Woman moved from June to August. I'm like, is a movie theater going to be ready in August? Mm -hmm. You know? But November seems at least reasonable of some degree look here in the states a lot of movie theaters they don't have that much capacity and they there's always the the big theaters that have them but Mm -hmm. they'll have sort of the ones with the the big recliner chairs those are very socially distant and those are my favorite ways to see a movie anyway so uh what what are your thoughts about what i believe really will this time be daniel craig's last james bond uh i i think uh specter definitely fell short in a lot of ways. There were some good sequences. It's just after Skyfall, it was such a letdown because Skyfall Skyfall was so good. It was so good, yeah. Skyfall is one of the best bonds of my lifetime, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, But uh, what are your expectations for No Time to Die? So I have... uh, So I'm a big... As as we've talked about, I'm not sure if we've talked about it on your show, I'm a big Bond fan. And um, on my podcast, I did... Um, there's a guy who does a, a friend of mine who does a um, James Bond uh, podcast where he talks, where he's taking a couple of new folks who have never seen Bond um, through every Bond movie in the run up to No Time to Die. Of course, they finished this month and now they're going, well, I guess we're going to talk about the music for the next couple of months and maybe some comic books and some novels uh, until the movie comes out. 
Um, but I had him on and we talked through um, Never Say Never Again, which, of course, is the non-Eon Bond movie, the remake of Thunderball. And so that was a lot of fun. So I'm a massive Bond fan. And to, um, to, to go through, I've been going through a lot of the classics recently, and I've been listening to a lot of Bond podcasts. Um, there's a couple of really good ones. Uh, and um, I've been revisiting some of the ones that have been my lesser faves um over the years and some of the ones that people hate and i have very fond memories of it seems to be that most bond fans despise uh, uh a view to a kill which you know is, is you know it's so funny that you say that one because i w- i was gonna let you finish and i was gonna be like i know people hate a view to a kill yeah but that was like, I mean, I rem- you know, first of all, I always have to explain to people that Roger Moore was my James Bond because he was mm-hmm. James Bond when I was a kid. Yeah. So I would see the, I would see those movies on HBO. I wouldn't see them in the theater. Yeah. But A View to a Kill, first of all, that's, that Duran Duran song is amazing. So good. I l- love that song. Mm-hmm. And the the sequence at the Eiffel Tower at the beginning yes. is so great. It is. Yeah. The, the rest of the movie doesn't live up to that, but I think there's other Bonds where that's the case. But I, I don't know. It, Christopher Walken's in that movie. He's the villain Mayday. I mean, to have Grace Jones as the Jaws as yeah. henchman, amazing. And it's yeah. a, and it's a John Barry um, score. He, you know, John Barry, who did the greatest Bond soundtracks of all time, did that movie. And if you listen to it, it's fantastic. And just to, I mean, sure, Roger Moore's probably passed it, and not probably, he's definitely past his prime. But you know, um to have Mr. Peel from the Avengers as his buddy in that, like a sidekick for half of that movie. I mean, there's just so many good things. Dolph Lundgren's first appearance on film. I mean, it's fantastic. And I, I, I watched it recently. It's one of the bad movies and I really enjoyed it. And sure. The, the, the female lead screamed unnecessarily throughout the entire movie. It's a lot like temple of doom. I didn't realize how much screaming is in that movie until I watched it recently and was like, oh my God, will you stop screaming? But um, it's still a fantastic yeah. movie. Well, you know, look, the, the Kate Capshaw screamed so much that uh, Steven Spielberg uh, left his wife and married her. Right. So there was something, something about that. Yeah, but in any right? case, yeah, that one uh, I I have fond memories of because I saw it when I was a kid. I actually forgot. I haven't seen it in a while. I mean, I saw, I remember watching it when I was in college Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it's been a while and you know, an interesting thing you're talking about sort of the podcast that your friend does, uh, it, it, it dawned on me that I had actually never seen Dr. No. And I'm sorry. So, what? Yeah, I know. What? But, uh, you know, it just, uh, for whatever reason, like I have yeah. seen some of the Connery ones. I just hadn't seen that one. So, uh, and we'll start doing this show again. One of the shows that I was doing for popcorn talk, which is an offshoot of after buzz, was it was this retro anatomy of a movie. And then the whole point was it was movies that myself and and my two co-hosts, Alexa and Rachel, none of us had seen. And in each instance, it's a movie that you know you're supposed to have seen. Yeah. But we just had, like, the first one I think we did was Taxi Driver. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I was supposed to see it. I just yeah. didn't. Yeah, exactly. So, and so we were going, actually we were going to do a couple of Bond movies uh, because I think there's one of the Timothy Daltons that I didn't see and one of the, uh, one of the Pierce Brosnans, whatever. Mm-hmm. But anyway, 
uh, we were going to do like three of them and then the movie got pushed and we were like, well, let's just do Dr. No anyway. Yeah. And uh, it was just so fun to see, though. You know what I mean? Such like, a just good movie. To, mm-hmm. to actually get to see it. And you're just like, oh, yeah, this is like this lays all the groundwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was fun because one of my co-hosts, Rachel, she like also read the book before we did the show. So yes. she got to talk about a lot of the differences. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that. Uh, I think that now that we have until November, a uh, a, a full Bond rewatch might be in order for uh, oh, all of yeah. us as a society. You know? I think so. But, dude, yeah. um, just to go back to, and I'm, I'm glad you brought up Dr. No, because I was about to. Um, Dr. No is, um, you know, of course, takes place in Jamaica. And there's several Jamaica nods in Bond movies over the years. Um, and to to have, I mean, live and let die. Doctor No, No Time to Die, and I want to say, was was part of it. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of the Bahamas, but I think part of Casino Royale possibly was filmed there as well. Anyway, um, I went on one of my honeymoons to Jamaica. I was in a ska band for years, as you know, which is Jamaican music. So for me, Jamaica has always been uh, kind of a big deal. And then I think. When I was a kid, though, it it entirely came down to my love of Dr. No. Uh, and then to to have a Bond movie going back to Jamaica, uh, I, I just can't wait. I think it's going to be fantastic. Um, and they seem to be going hit or miss, hit or miss. Um, I really liked uh, Casino Royale. I, I liked Quantum, but I think Casino was better. And then to have um, Spectre not be as good, for example, as Skyfall. It, so it goes sort of, it's like Star Trek movies in the 80s. Like, there's a great one, yeah. and then there's an okay one, and then there's a great well, one. Well, yeah, with, with Star Trek, it was the even-numbered ones. Yeah, because, exactly. Uh, Wrath of Khan mm-hmm. is great. Search for Spock ties up those loose ends, but it's mm-hmm. not a great movie. Right. Uh, the Voyage Home, the one with the whales, is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Uh, the Final Frontier, Star Trek V, directed by William Shatner, is atrocious. It's so bad. It's hot garbage. Then Undiscovered Country is so great. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. So it, it and and then uh, and then Generations is bad. Mm-hmm. And then First Contact is good. That that's the first Next Generation movie. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. Insurrection is boring. Yes. And the Nemesis. Nemesis isn't really that good either, though. So no, that, that but broke the trend. It did, but you had Ron Perlman and um, Tom Hardy. So you know, looking at and look, that's a great point. That is a great yeah. point. Yeah. So but that yeah, wasn't the eighties anymore. The, the bonds are very erratic, and Quantum of Solace suffered from being basically produced during a, a writer's strike. Yes. So they had to like go into production with the script as it was. Mm-hmm. And it showed in the movie. And the Casino Royale had been so good. I hadn't seen a Bond movie in a theater in a long time. And I was excited to see the new one. I'm like, I don't know anything about this new guy, but uh, this looks like it'll be good. And that was so great. Skyfall was so great. Uh, I don't know. I hope that they uh, they they end and they go big as they go home. Yeah, you know, I think exactly. that uh, that'll be great. And uh, this is a this is a weird year because of obviously what's going on. It's a very weird year, but we're only going to get one Marvel movie this year because now Black Widow is going to come out in November instead of when it was going to come out mm-hmm. in May. And so Eternals gets pushed to next year. And it's just like. It's so strange because like there are years with like four Marvel movies and right? there's years in our future. There's years in our future that will also have four Marvel movies. But this is just the year with one. Mm-hmm. And it's like we had 
we had Spidey last summer, but it's like the first like, you know, big MCU proper movie since Endgame. And it's just like it's a yeah. it was a good time to maybe press pause on the thing. But it's like, hey, I'm I'm ready for yeah. more. I'm ready. Know? And I, do you know what I'm ready for more than anything else? And I, I think we've talked about this the last time I was on is I'm ready for the Winter Soldier and Falcon. Or should I say yes. Cap and Bucky? Like well, I'm yeah, the, the the Cap and Winter the Falcon Winter Soldier series. Yeah, be, which yeah. was supposed was supposed to premiere in August, but then they didn't finish it. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably get pushed. But I, I keep saying I'm like, look, if there if it's a ten episode show and they've got four of them done, give us four yeah. and then we'll be like, Yeah, you know, it'll be back next year. You know, do you know, a lot of shows have done that in recent years where mm-hmm. they break up seasons. I, I I'm I, and here's the thing too. If you're gonna give us four episodes Give them to us soon. Yeah, like now. <laughs> we, could use, yeah. we could use them, you know? So, yep. well, anyway, Brad, it's always a treat to get the chance to talk to you. And, cool to hang uh, out, man. I appreciate you uh, being able to take the time. That's the beauty of the technology, doing mm-hmm. this from home. I can talk to you late my time on a Friday night. It's the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. That's it. You know, uh, getting you on the broadcast is, is, uh, you know, uh, schedule wise can be very tricky Mm -hmm. because you're so many hours away. But doing it from home, it's like I don't care that I'm I'm down here in the the back room in the garage uh, at uh, well it's a it's 11:03 p.m. right now as I'm speaking. So, um, but it's uh, it was good to kind of touch base and find out how things are in Australia and just kind of uh, always go down the various uh, nerd rabbit holes uh, across the board. But uh, mm-hmm. it's always it's always a good chat. And it's like, yeah, we, like I said, we could have we could have just had a regular conversation. But it, I don't think it would have been that different than what we just did. No, exactly. You know what I mean? This, it yeah. would have been if honestly, if we just talked on the phone, it probably would have been less time than an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. You know, so, it would have been. Uh, um, and well, hey, one last thing. I want to tease yeah. something. Um, I've just gotten my YouTube channel up and running. And one of the things that I've gotten going is that I can run sort of a slideshow of images um, while we have people talking. And while I'm still getting the technology to get the video of an, another human being's talking head, I can get mine on. So I've had on my G.I. Joe show recently, I've had people coming on to talk about their projects and I've been able to show. But it, it occurred to me that I could do issues of comic books where I could run through a comic book and then have other people on to talk about what's happening on those pages while you're seeing it. That might be something that uh, you and I might have to uh, discuss at some point very soon. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. There are uh, a lot of standalone issues that I, oh, yeah. I want to do a show on. Uh, I'm I'm thinking of doing something for uh, Marvel graphic novel number five, God Loves, Man Kills. Yes. Uh, for me, and uh, when I was uh, speaking, you know, I, look, I've been lucky enough to uh, talk to Chris Claremont like five times at this point. One of the times I was talking to him, he thinks as a standalone story, that's the best thing that he personally accomplished. And it's it's hard to fault him for that because I was making the point mm. that for me, Dark Phoenix and you and I did a whole show about Dark Phoenix. Yes, we did. That That's the best like storyline. But uh, and. Uh, God Loves Man Kills is so good, and they did a decent adaptation for X2, and it's yeah. it's such a great, powerful story. And because it was a graphic novel, it was a it was a little bit darker than you'd usually see from the the regular comics. And mm-hmm. I know they're doing some kind of special edition of that, really? where they're they're doing like a new story. Uh, Chris and Brett Anderson, who did the art for it. 
Uh, I don't know if they're, you know, doing a supplemental, you know, set in that time period. I, I can't. He, he mentioned it. But uh, comic book publishing has kind of been put on hold a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I have to figure out when that's happening and maybe plan it around there. But, uh, yeah, look, I am in my bunker. There are, like I said, boxes and boxes of comics behind me. Mm-hmm. I, I did an, an unbagging video. I One of uh, a local comic book store called Black Cat Comics in Burbank, California, uh, they were doing some you know mail order. Uh, actually, when I did this, they were still doing curbside. Hey. So I, I pulled up I pulled up front, left the door open. The uh, Kyle who uh, runs the shop, uh, you know, we tossed him on the seat. We uh, spoke for a couple minutes from a very safe distance, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, just trying to trying to support the local, local comic business. shops and things mm-hmm. like that. You know, and it's like you know the the restaurants. It's important too, but it, it's it's great to be able to find you know your your comic shops operating online and Agreed. still being able to set, sell products so anyway so i i've done videos like that so yeah i mean this sort of uh content that you're talking about is exactly what i think this time period is great for there's exactly. a lot of stuff to revisit that's why i'm talking about crisis on infinite earths it's just something i never read you know so it's sort of the same idea as that uh, that show for popcorn talk mm-hmm. it's like stuff i know i should have read yep. even though i'm not a dc guy i i you know I've, uh, uh, I, I got to know, uh, Jeff Winstead who gave it to me. He's also a, a comic book uh, creator in his own right. He has a great series called the alternate, mm-hmm. the uh, sixth and final issue of which is coming out on comiXology. Oh, By cool. the time people hear this, I believe it will be out. Uh, so, uh, make sure everybody uh, checks that out. But anyway, I think the first interaction we ever had, I wrote on Facebook how, Secret Wars is so much better than Crisis and Infinite Earths, but I don't actually know that because I didn't read it. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, but I, but still, when you have that picture of Hulk holding up the mountain from the cover of Secret Wars number four, mm-hmm. which you know they gave us a nod to in Endgame, I was just like, yeah, yes. I, it's gonna be hard to top some of that stuff. Uh, I think that the difference might be that uh, Crisis and Infinite Earths was much more consequential. Than uh, Secret than Wars. Secret Wars. Although a that did it, give us Venom. It, it, yeah, it's true. It gave us Venom, and mm-hmm. it's. Uh, I think it gave us that incarnation of Spider Woman too. The Spider Woman in the black suit. Oh, you know, did we got it? A few yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, so I have now become a subscriber to the Cast Dice uh, YouTube page, mm-hmm. and uh, in addition to someone who should subscribe to the Blackcast, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, on YouTube. I think that uh, this is a great page to subscribe to. But, Brad, where else can people find you on the many myriad of interwebs? Uh, well, these days, if you go to Facebook and you search up Cast Dice, C-A-S-T-D-I-C-E, um, or YouTube, I think those are the two main sources I'm on. I am on Twitter, although I'm only on it sparingly. Um, I tend to do all my Facebook, I, most of my interactions through Facebook. Um, and then um, I put out all the podcasts through, uh, typically through, well, through SoundCloud, but then specifically through most podcatchers, including iTunes. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of content on there. If you're not into tabletop gaming, there are episodes of Cast Ice that are about movies, um, where we go through scene by scene. Um, as I said, we did Never Say Never Again. We did Big Trouble in Little China. And most recently, uh, we had our mutual friend Ahab on to, who is an actual honest to God, uh, archeologist and has been for decades on, and we went through Raiders of the Lost Ark. And that is a fascinating episode because I learned a ton about archaeology, um, and he's just a great guest. 
So yeah, good stuff. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds really cool. I I, I haven't uh, I haven't talked to Ahab in forever. You know, I mean, yeah. it was you still lived in New Orleans it would have been the last mm-hmm. time. So. I still uh, see him yeah. from time to time, so That's he great. came on and it was good. So, and again, we need to have you on to uh, talk movies, television, or something else soon. Well, yeah, I and mean, look, I, I spend a lot of time with with all these things—comics, movies, mm-hmm. television, uh, you name it. And uh, if uh, depending on whether you're listening to this on the Blackcast or on uh, one of Brad's many shows, you can uh, always find me on Twitter and Instagram at Christian DMZ. The Blackcast has its own website, blackcast.com, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T.com, and The Blackcast on Facebook, Blackcast on Twitter, B-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T. Always make sure that you spell it because, let's be honest, it's uh, it's not spelled the way you'd think. Yeah, you that know? DT so, gets a lot of folks, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, D-L-A-D-T-C-A-S-T, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, but uh, I guess it I guess it makes the name more memorable. In any case, so you can find me in uh, all those places. But uh, Blackcast.com does a great job of uh, uh, you know linking you to everything, including the video versions of most of our recent episodes, just not this one, and mm-hmm. uh, the uh, audio versions as well. Because look, I, I you know I. It's weird because I can understand how people are just like, well, it's a podcast. I just want to listen to it. But at the same time, when you give the option of being able to watch it, mm-hmm. it's like I think a lot of people be like, yeah, I'll put that on. You know, there are podcasts that have a video element that I typically listen to. Me but too. every once in a while, if they have a guest on or something, I'm like, I, I, no, I'll, I'll watch that one. Put that you know? on. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Well, Brad, it is uh, always delightful to have you on, and uh, thank you for, uh, again, being generous with your time. Please give my best to the missus, and uh, thanks to uh, Gentleman Jim for uh, you know being so respectful to the podcast process. Yeah, during- well, he, he, didn't, he, he didn't have a cough, and he didn't run around and scratch and push doors and do any of that stuff this time, so he must like your show. Um, but hey, no. man, likewise, give, give our best, because I know Kirsten and I were talking about giving y'all the, our best earlier. Um, please uh, give Heather and the kids our best, and we look forward to seeing you guys soon. Um, I'll sit down with Felix, and we'll draw... I don't know, maybe a shark, maybe a, yeah. a, a garbage truck. I'm not sure what we're going to draw next time. It'll be he'll be a little bit older, so it, it he you might, know he, he might just want to drive that car. Yeah, he loves that wombat that you gave him, and he mm-hmm. remembers. And I, you know, I'd be like, uh, do, you, oh, do you remember uh, who? Or he might even bring it up sometimes. He's like, Brad gave me that, so yes, he remembers. You know, so I have to follow that know, up with something good. Here's a little bit of a of a tragedy though when it comes to the wombat. He's still alive and well, but uh, the last time he stayed at Heather's parents, which was uh, the third week of February, he left wombat there. He calls him Wombie. It's oh, a good no. name for a wombat. So he's actually still in quarantine with oh, Heather's no. parents. So they send him pictures of like wombat, you know, like he's he's wearing Heather's dad's slippers, you know, he's going mm-hmm. around. So Wombat is very popular right now, but uh, he's sorely missed. <laughs> oh, that's sweet, man. Oh, yeah. I'm glad to see that uh, the Wombat's still getting some love. Yeah, oh, that's cool. Absolutely. Right on. Well, brother, uh, please uh, please be safe in these times. And absolutely. for you listening at home, if you are a Cast Ice listener and you are enjoying uh, Christian, Christian is an amazingly funny human being. He's worked uh, with... Worked on television, on radio for years and years and years and has awesome stories. If you have not checked out the Blackcast and you want to hear him talking about music, movies, comic books, um, I know we're, we've been kind of laid back and informal, but um, 
don't don't let Christian tell you otherwise. He is incredibly funny, and to to see what he does with his usual crew of malcontents is fantastic. And I highly recommend you check it out. Um, it is a great way to pass the time, and I am a huge fan of his show. So yeah, and you got to see my day job in operation uh, the last time we were out here. You got to see uh, the Dennis Miller option I on did. Westwood One. And in studio with Julia Sweeney. That was the one you were there for, right? So good. Yep. And Dennis yeah. called me Billy Corrigan. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. And, and I, I made sure you got a picture because uh, if you're oh, going to yeah. be in the studio with Dennis, I, come on, let's let's make sure that that happened. Mm-hmm. In any case. Uh, yeah. So that's uh, that, that's you know, it's, it's funny. I was going to say that's my day job. It's a little bit more buttoned down. But no, that's e- that's even more casual than the black cast because that's like <laughs> I don't host it. I'm just it's a little bit more of like a drive by you yeah. know it's like mm-hmm. kind of like I, i'm kind of like david spade in the way he was on that show just shoot me yeah you know his job was to walk across the stage and have like a one-liner i'm just basically there for once in a while you know i might set something up a story from the news occasional joke so uh thank you for your kind words and uh yeah if 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 we can bring the two nations together, the Black Cast Nation, the Cat Cast Dice Nation, that's it. Uh, I think that uh, wait, Blast Cast Dice Nation. Look at hey. that! I just turned it into one big, one big, uh, one big nation happy state. family. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you, and uh, thanks to everybody. We will see you next time on the Black Casting. Perfect. Thank you, sir. I know it's been uh, oh, getting, thank close, you. getting close to two hours now. but uh, uh, Nothing wrong with that. Uh, one hour and 37, according to uh, this. Well, I started uh, before you. I have one hour and 42. Of course. Um, and what was the number? Three, seven, 373. 373. The uh, numbers have been uh, ticking up pretty rapidly. I think I've done... I think I've done eight episodes. Uh, basically, it's averaged out to two a week, but there, there sometimes three get posted in the same week. So, nice. uh, yeah, it's uh, and it's, it's it's good to have something to focus on. It's good to have my day job to focus on and being able to do that from home, but then also outside of that to kind of uh, I don't know. And it's fun well, to get that, to talk. That was my next question. What are you doing for your? You still with Dennis these days? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can. I you know, it's a. It, it's a specific program that isn't something that most people have, but there's a way that I can connect with him and it, it's run through the board at Westwood one, mm-hmm. you know, nobody's, you know, our, our producer Lindsay isn't there. Uh, but there's, there's somebody in the building because there's a lot of like live radio happening. So they have to have somebody there, it's, which is weird to think that it's like an essential, but it, it is, it's an essential job, I guess. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, we do everything remotely and Dennis was already remotely. I mean, you just happened to be around when we were doing it in that studio, which That's was, right. you know, that was a couple times a month. Mm-hmm. Usually it's remotely anyway. So like he actually forgets that I'm not in the same room as Lindsay or anybody else, you know, like he's <laughs> just like, Oh yeah, you guys aren't in the same place because it's, it's kind of normal for him, you know, yeah. that he doesn't see us. So, uh, yeah, still do that two days a week and uh yeah it's been uh it's been fun you know it's been good to have that to focus on for sure it's uh, first of all it's nice to be working even though part-time because a lot of people aren't right but just the fact that it's still 
it's still fun to to do. We've had some, you know, we've been lucky. We've had some good guests on, and the show's uh, just been fun to do. And honestly, to not have to leave my house, to not have to drive forty five yeah, minutes to right? Culver City, mm-hmm. uh, to just go downstairs to the bunker, I'm like, this isn't all bad in that way. I would like to be down here by choice. I'd like to choose to be down here, but uh, yeah, yeah, I hear uh, that, brother. Yeah. Um. How's Heather's work coming? Yeah, she's teaching screenwriting. And uh, that's good. And there's some, uh, you know, TV possibilities coming along or things that, you know, might happen after this. You know, there, there's there's some good stuff that's uh, that's gestating. But uh, at least she has it's the same thing. She has something to focus on. She has, uh, yeah. you know, a, a few hours on a couple of different days. She has teaching to do. So it's good. And again, it's a, it's a little bit of money coming in. So we have something coming in, which is yeah. good. Uh, but she's also doing that remotely. So it's, it's great. We have this, that, that is sort of the same thing. Cause the, the family that we spend time with, he's a teacher at the same school. And then the, yeah. the, the mom in that family, she's, uh, in, in a writer's room, a virtual writer's room, uh, for another show. So it's like, there just were these, these gaps where it was like hard to figure out you know, how everybody's kids would be looked after. And they were going to use like a nanny service where like different people were going to be coming in every day. And we're like, I don't know. I don't know if that, this is the time for that, you know? So definitely not. Uh, Yeah, yeah, man. We, I mean, thinking about it, what you're doing is the, would be the way to do it. I mean, Kirsten and I joke that we literally don't, I mean, other than the coffee guy who I wave at every morning for, you know, I, I, I wave at him through the window. He makes my coffee I, I wave my card at his machine, don't touch, pick up the coffee cups and walk out. He's yeah. literally the only human being I've seen in weeks. Yeah. So, yeah. It, w- it was something we read kind of that first weekend that was like, they were saying like, no, you can't do play dates. But look, if you're going to do something, you just pick a family and you stick with it. And yeah. then this was the one that made the most sense because they live like five minutes away from us. Okay. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that we kind of don't tell every. I talk about it on the podcast. I don't worry about it. But we don't let all the other parents necessarily no. know we do it because yeah, I think some of them that. would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. You know, but we've been doing it for uh, almost a month now. You know, yeah. so it's uh, I don't know. Like I said, it's good. They have a, they have a yard. We don't have a yard at all. It's good for the kids to get to run around. It's good for them oh, to see God, other yes. kids, yeah. you know, and it's uh, I don't know. It's just it, it's just good. And it also those three days a week, we kind of have to get out the door sort of the same time as we did when we take them to school. So there's mm-hmm. at least a structure on those days. The other days, it's a little bit more lax. We didn't go outside today. It was Friday. It was raining. There was kind of no reason for it. You know, yeah. it was just like, yeah. So, but uh, I don't know. We're good. I mean, we're, uh, you know, happy for uh, as happy as you can be for this. And, you know, look, I've I've talked to friends on this who are who live by themselves. And that's a different man. I can't entirely. even imagine. Yeah, I got I like, got a lot of friends like you who both have kids and or by themselves. And that's tough. I think like at first being by yourself would be good, but then it's just eventually it's like, yeah, this is, this is, it's too much, you know? Yeah, so exactly too much. Yeah. You're in a great situation because you mm-hmm. you have your wife, obviously you have the dog. Mm-hmm. You have two dogs or one dog? I can't Two, dogs. two um, dogs. One is very much Kirsten's dog though. So yeah. Uh, yeah. I take her out to do her business in the morning, but other than that, cause she doesn't have legs that back legs that work anymore. So okay. Um, she sort of drags herself around, but literally she kind of looks at us and barks and she doesn't have a voice cause she was the one that's silent. So she oh. kind of like coughs at you and you go, Oh, you want to go outside? And so you take her outside <laughs> and because she, yeah. she does a little V thing with her legs and then does her business and then, you know, 
you bring her back yeah. in. That's it. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, but that's yeah. See, that's great because it's like you know, it's the the two of you. You're not cooped up in the same mm-hmm. way with mm-hmm. kids. And that, because and, we're and she's, in the house, and, we have rooms. So yeah. I go in my office. Kirsten's set up in the living room, but if she needed, she does have her own room that with her own stuff, and or we could put her desk in the in the bedroom. So if we need to be apart from one another, we can do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, and it's it's great, you know, because you're she's working too, and and you're going to be working, so it's like you oh, still yeah. have money coming in, which is uh, not always the case. Uh, anyway, sir. So lucky. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, thanks again. Great to talk to you. I'm sure we'll. Still trade messages. I'll post this probably the middle of next week. Uh, just, uh, I mean, just letting you know. Cool. Um, um, I will hold off putting out one of mine then. Um, and yeah, do you have you, a do you have a set day that you usually do? Like, well, let's put it this I way: is there, to, but this is thrown. This thing okay. thrown everything. Out, is so. is there is there a day that you'd particularly want me to post this, or because uh, uh, I I'll probably do it Wednesday my time because. Dennis's podcast goes up Tuesdays and Thursdays, so I try not to do it the same day as that. Yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Um, So you do that, and it'll be my Thursday. Sounds good. Perfect. All right, sir. So I've sent you the the file. Um, I might release it under mine. Um, I might just edit the one that I have um, and say, hey, this is a one-off blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, and yeah, I'm going to... I'm going to kind of listen back to this uh, Skype recording. I'm kind of fascinated by that. I I assume I'll sound better in it. So uh, I might maybe just use the intro from mine at first and then switch it. You know, I'm going to listen to both of them and kind of figure out what makes sense. But uh, you're uh, this is a surprisingly good Skype connection. So um, I think and I just sent you the highest quality MP3 I can. So let me know what works. If you need me to do anything and send it to you, let me know. I'm pretty sure I won't. And the only reason, the only way I would need something is if there's a problem. Uh, but uh, I, I, I will uh, check it out later on in the weekend. All right, Give sir. My best good to the fan, brother. Yeah, I would say good night, but I know it's the middle of the afternoon, so uh, right on, man. Good day. <laughs> good day, mate. All right, bye. <laughs> this week has been terrible. Just cold and rainy, but uh, you know, it's uh, it's the time of year where. You know, it could be like 100 degrees in early mm-hmm. April. Yep. It's mostly like 60 uh, and uh, cloudy and, uh, you know, and I don't know what that is Celsius. I'm sorry. I can't help. Well, that's all right. I still think in Fahrenheit every time yeah. I do. Yeah. It's a, fa- it's a Fahrenheit world. It is if you grew up in it. <laughs> yep. Yeah, that's true. Uh, well, let me know when uh, we're, we're ready uh, showbiz wise. Well, I've been recording that the how's the weather is literally what I ask guests to sound check because if I ask people to sound check, they don't actually ever talk normally. Um, uh, they, one, two, three, yeah, four, I don't five, do yes, six, exactly. seven, eight, and that's when you do <laughs> testes, sibilance, syphilis. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to do that. Yes, exactly. All right, let's see what this sounds like in mind. Hold on. You know, it's uh, it's the time we in early April. Yep. It's mostly like, that you know, I don't know what that is. Every time I do yeah. 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 I think we're balanced. That guy sounds, sounds really smart. I like the sound of that guy. <laughs> yes. He is. He is. Wicked clever, as they would say yeah. where, uh, where I come from. Um, now, I am... 
I think all set at this end. I preset all the equipment. I actually recorded last night. Um, so oh, cool. So yeah. So everything's right. set and ready. I mean, let's be honest though. I do leave it up, and this is something I don't often admit to other people, but I leave my podcasting rig up constantly. So that that sounds like something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, probably on the show. Yeah, I'm constantly that. Well, I'm ready to go, man. All right. Well, uh, I, have, um, let, I have a hot chocolate because it's cold as balls today, and oh. um, I got the jo- the dog sitting in the chair. In the so I'm sitting on a crappy old drum throne from back when I used to play the vicious cycle, and Jim's sure. sitting on a massive uh, like armchair Chesterfield things that and, you know go figure. My dog gets the comfortable chair, but you know, yeah, of course, yes, uh, good old gentleman Jim over yes. there, little man. Well, I'm enjoying a diet coke because uh, you know I can't. Uh, uh, I can't afford to remain uncaffeinated in this life. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, too easy to to fall into sleepy time habits. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, start proper. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're recording this as a black cast. Um, correct. And you are taking the. I, do you know how nice it is that I don't have to do the introduction from memory? Oh, I, I'm, I'm loving this. I'm just going to let you do all the talking and I'm just going to answer some questions. I haven't done one of these in forever. No, I wanted you to do the introduction. <laughs> Damn it. Welcome to the uh, Black Cast, the, the cast that talks about all the blats that you need to know about, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, in all honesty, that's better than anything I could have said. I, know. <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> my winging it is not good. I, yeah. I, I feel like we're already in it, but uh, for the sake of uh, keeping it all buttoned down and consistent and uh, mm-hmm. prim and or proper, welcome to... Hold on, hold on, whoa, whoa, I haven't hit record. Hold on, three, two. I've been I've been recording all this time. It's fine. Oh, I just burned the shit out of my mouth. All right, I'm ready when you are, sir. Take it away. 